This podcast was produced in Melbourne on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land. I'm host Celie Hay and this is The Kicker, a weekly podcast bringing you stories from Australia's newest journalists. sacrifice having a family to progress your career? For many females, they have to delay having a family so they can focus on their profession. But for some, they leave it too late. Today, I will chat with Matt Harvey about workplaces paying to freeze eggs and exploring what rights the employees have. We will also chat to Dr Molly Johnston from Monash University about egg freezing as a work benefit. Would you trust your job to freeze your eggs? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Hi, Matt. Hey, Celie. How are you? Hi. I'm pretty good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting there. Good. That's good. You're surviving lockdown? <laughs> it's uh, definitely um, not where we expected to be at this point, but it's, uh, it's not the worst. Yeah. And thanks for joining me today to chat about egg freezing and Bosses and workplaces, freezing employees' eggs. It's a very interesting topic. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I was just obsessed with the reading on it. Several prominent Australian companies are seeking to help female employees to focus on their careers by paying for them to freeze their eggs. According to in Victoria, the number of women with eggs in storage has more than doubled over the last four years. Silicon Valley, where company perks are used as a lure for the best and brightest employees, companies like Apple and Facebook are upping the ante on ping-pong tables, free lunches and on-site medical clinics. Cold egg storage. Yeah, they're willing to pay to delay their employees' pregnancies. The technique of putting human eggs on ice was developed in the 1980s as a way of saving the eggs from cancer sufferers that would otherwise be destroyed in chemotherapy. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the future, but at the moment, the process of egg freezing is very demanding. It takes a big toll on women physically and emotionally, but it also can be extremely expensive. Could you talk to me a bit about the process of freezing eggs and how costly a treatment could be? Get ready for a lot of numbers there's a lot of costs here so generally a gp needs to recommend a visit with a fertility specialist the cost of that can be anywhere between 180 dollars to 300 dollars, depending on if you go alone or if you go with a partner so then you've got to go through uh, ovulation cycle tracking which if it isn't your first has an out-of-pocket cost of around 395 dollars. so ovulation induction which involves taking medication to encourage more eggs to develop, that costs around $700 and that's without the costs of the medication. Uh, if you need artificial insemination, that will cost you around $2,000. And IVF treatment comes at around 5,000, depending on you know where you go. But we're not done. There's a little bit more costs in there. Uh, we've got some egg freezing and treatment cycles. You're looking at around $5,000 per cycle and that's just the freezing. You'd be looking at about one to $2,000 for a day surgeon and anesthetist. I oh, got that out. I was struggling with that word earlier. On top of all that, there's the cost of the fertility drugs. I don't actually have price for the fertility drugs, but you need to factor in that there's going to be an extra cost for those. 
And on top of all that, if you if you aren't going straight into a, an IVF cycle and you want to store your eggs for a little while, you can be looking at anywhere between $500 to $800 per year that you freeze them. Now, some of this can be reclaimed via Medicare. It really does depend on what your situation is, what your circumstances are, but it's generally only people who have what they call a medical indication for their need to freeze eggs that would be able to get a rebate from Medicare. And that's about 50%, something like that. So for those of you that are looking to hold off your baby for career reasons, unfortunately, the support just isn't in place to do that yet. Uh, I spoke to Dr. Molly Johnson from Monash University. I'm Dr. Molly Johnston, and I am an assistant lecturer and postdoctoral researcher at the Monash Bioethics Centre at Monash Uni. Who explained to me that the process of freezing eggs isn't a guarantee of a baby. The sooner you freeze the eggs, the better quality they are. As females get older, they lose eggs in numbers, but also the quality of the eggs declines. In terms of a, um, I guess, a treatment out outcome, the earlier you freeze your eggs, the better outcome you could be expecting. Uh, this is partly why workplaces have started to introduce egg freezing as a workplace benefit. It started back with Facebook in around 2014, when they had an ill employee who was worried that they would lose their eggs due to cancer treatment. So the Facebook CEO, Cheryl Sandberg, had the idea to introduce it as a benefit. There's a young woman working at um, Facebook who had got cancer. And I knew her and she came to me and said, I'm gonna go through the treatment. And that means I won't be able to have children unless I can freeze my eggs and I can't afford it. But our medical care doesn't cover it. She was coming to me for advice and help. And I talked about it with our, you know, head of HR and I said, God, we should cover this. And then we looked at each other and we said, well, why would we only cover this for women with cancer? When the first companies that started offering egg freezing as an employee benefit, they did so because they acknowledged that accessing egg freezing is a really, you know, difficult thing for a lot of people. And they wanted to make it more accessible for their staff. It's interesting that companies are starting to cover the cost of the procedure when it is so expensive. Facebook and Apple are just some of the companies offering this benefit. Why are they doing this? Does it benefit them more than the employee? That is a really complicated one to answer. The simplest answer is it benefits the business to have their employees work at that place for as long as possible. That's sort of the simplest and, and probably the most cynical way to look at it because it's also not quite that. There is no guarantee of success when you're freezing eggs. So you might be freezing the eggs for nothing in the end. And for some people, to be honest, this is completely the best option for them. They don't really, they don't have a partner right now. And so they wanna use the best quality eggs that they can and they need to put them into storage straight away. But there's a bit of a, a hot debate about ideas and concerns and a lot of the components that go into what this particular offer may mean and, and what impact it might have on women. It does benefit women to different degrees based on you know their health status and their current life situation, but it definitely has big benefits for the business, if that uh, answers your question. What about in Australia? Are there any companies who are currently offering this or is it something we can expect to see in the future? I guess we see Facebook and Apple and lots of Silicon Valley companies offering it but what about um within australia yeah it's definitely a huge 
undergoing, undertaking in Silicon Valley, but not so much here in Australia just yet. There are a few places, there's a place called uh, Virtuous Health. It's one of the major players offering their own employees the egg freezing benefit, but they are also uh, offering a large portion of Australia's IVF services. So it sort of makes sense that they would offer their employees that same service. But to be honest, information on companies offering it as a benefit in Australia is extremely limited. It has had some uptake. The reason that we investigated this was back in late 2017, it was announced that some Australian companies were considering offering egg freezing as an employee benefit for their staff members. This really kind of grabbed our attention because we don't usually see health-related employee benefits. So Dr. Johnson says the quality of sex education in Australia is well below the level it might need to be in order to have an open discourse on moving forward on the matter. In Australia and in a lot of other countries, we have a really low level of understanding about fertility and reproduction. Um, if you think back to school, you know, you're always taught to how not to get pregnant but you're never taught how to get pregnant. And I think that this is something that people don't really think about until they're ready to have children. And now when you talk about workplaces paying for their employees to freeze their eggs, a big question I have is who owns the eggs? Like who has the rights to them? Obviously they belong to the person they came from, but if the company paid for the extraction, can they have any say or have any influence on how or when the eggs are used? That was my first thought and my first big concern. It's sort of like a huge red flag when I first read about the study or saw the media release. Now, fortunately, for the same reasons that you can't sell an organ or sell your blood in Australia, someone can't own your biological material. Like they can't pay to own your biological material. So Dr. Johnson said there might be different levels of responsibility for different companies and that they'd come down to what choices they make and what procedures they want to pay for. The fact that eggs are a, you know, biological tissue, the person they come from retains the ownership of their. How the kind of financial setup will work will depend on the structure of the policy kind of created in-house. So that could just be they might uh, reimburse you for those costs or, you know, they might be coupled with a with a IVF provider, but ownership will remain with the person who the eggs belong to. That's great. It's such a relief to hear that the employee can keep control of their eggs. But when you talk about freezing eggs being an expensive process, not all individuals can afford it. And for many businesses, they also can't afford to pay for staff to go through this process either. Does this then create a divide between the wealthy organisations and the small businesses as it does with individuals who can afford to freeze their eggs and those who can't? Yes, definitely. Because small businesses will struggle to offer these benefits. So it's created a clear class divide where richer companies, maybe multinationals, they can offer their employees much more in terms of benefits than small businesses can. Now, Dr. Johnson, she's also expressed her concerns on this matter. That is something that did come out in our research, that there was concerns about what companies are going to be able to offer this. And as I mentioned, egg freezing is really expensive. So this isn't going to be something that a lot of small businesses will be able to take on because it's a huge financial investment. 
So if we're only thinking about, say, larger um, companies offering this, you know, we might be facing other issues in terms of equitable access, whereas your access to egg freezing as an employee benefit depends on where you work. So whilst it might be helping some people, it's not really helping everyone in terms of who may want to access this technology because it really will depend on where you work. For those who can't afford to implement the benefit or who may not want to just because of the costs and everything associated with it, what are some other solutions that they could implement to achieve that work-life balance and help support their employees to have a family or think about starting a family later down the track? Initially, my biggest worry after hearing about this was what happens if you leave the company? Do you take on the financial burden of your egg freezing? And ostensibly you do. So hopefully... If you leave for better things, your new company is willing to take on the responsibility, which if you're doing it for non-medical reasons means you might end up having to discard perfectly good eggs because your financial situation didn't allow you to continue the process. I think that there is definitely room to improve the um, kind of family-friendly policies that are offered through workplaces and, you know, to ensure that, you know, when people do decide to have children, they are adequately supported and that they don't feel like, you know, having a child may come at the expense of their career. But in saying that, whilst that will benefit people who are ready to have children, it won't benefit everyone. Seems the key to an equitable future is finding a balance between delaying childhood and supporting parenthood. Like I couldn't say for sure, but it strikes me that supporting childcare might be a more affordable option for small businesses that might not be able to afford to pay for egg freezing. And as Dr. Johnson said, it's not a one solution problem. Many different women will need a different approach to the problem in a way that works for them. Egg freezing could be an appropriate workplace benefit so long as it's offered alongside great family-friendly policies to ensure that women are supported in having children when they want, but also supported in, you know, potentially helping them delay have children to a point where it might be more suitable for them or more appropriate for them. Wow, Matt, that's such an interesting topic with so many different layers to unpack. I feel like we could go on for hours about it and deep diving into what it means to freeze your eggs. Thank you for coming and having a chat with the Kicker podcast. And I look forward to seeing what happens over the coming years with egg freezing. Thanks, Ely. Thanks, Matt. to The Kicker, brought to you by the RMIT Graduate Diploma of Journalism. For more in-depth stories, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next time. The cosmetics industry is really trying to capitalize on conversations that we're now having around mental health. And I think that they're really trying to tie like beauty into mental health as a way to support your mental health, like skincare brands, for example, and brands that promote like self-care and that kind of image.